1: Today we'll be focused on a requested topic from you, our listeners. The topic is pricing. What strategies and tactics are best suited for our market, product, or service? Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, I see we're talking about pricing today.
2: You could put a truck through that topic and we could go on for days about that topic. <laughs> yeah, the challenge will be to kind of focus on just a few points that can really help our business owners today. I love this topic, strategic pricing. It's something that we should be reviewing all the time as business owners, but there is a little bit of a set it and forget it kind of thing that can happen and really lull you into complacency.
1: It has lots of possibilities for emotion to come into the conversation. I've been in lots of meetings on pricing and emotion comes in the door right away. It's so fascinating. Everyone has their favorite pricing methodology and all the reasons why it's the best. But it really matters about what the
2: market and what the product or service is. No question about that. And I think where it really starts is thinking about this as a strategy. And like any other part of your business, this is part of your customer acquisition strategy. And it's also part of your delivery strategy because it touches every part of that experience and it touches really how the customer is deriving value. And most importantly, how you're deriving value. Yeah,
1: but you have to understand your own value.
2: (laughs) If It's in that
1: boardroom or if it's in that strategy meeting, you know, the customer is not there. And I like the story about Bezos always having a chair for the customer. What's the customer's perception of the company, of the products and the services?
2: Yeah. And pricing really, really can dictate how your brand is viewed. So I want to talk about some of these basics and think about how it can relate to your business. And I think a great place to start is when you think about the cost plus method, right? So understanding all of your costs and then making sure you price a certain margin. It's a really common strategy. Most people start there and there's some pros and cons to that. What are your feelings on it?
1: Yeah, cost plus is, one might think, easy. Of course, it has its challenges. You have to really know your costs and understand your costs. But it allows you to set a percentage quite easily. And what's nice, if you have a variety of products or a complete catalog, it allows for quick pricing as some new products come into the mix. So it has an advantage there. It can be a little on the easy side. But it may miss tremendous opportunities not realizing or not addressing the opportunities in the marketplace from what is the market in that particular product or
2: service. Yeah, that is so true, right? And how are you positioned? And we'll definitely talk about that. I like what you're saying, though, as far as I think cost plus is a great baseline understanding that all business owners need to have. And where I see people struggle with this especially is just really determining what their true cost is.
1: Yeah, I agree. But you really need to know that. I mean, how are you going to know your profitability, your margins, everything else about it? So you need to have that as part of your strategy, part of the equation. And it even encompasses things like where we're growing to, allowing enough significant margins and having to know what the margins are going to be to be able to invest in the future. How do we grow the company? How do we come out with the new products and services that
2: we're going to need in the near future? So true. You know, and, and when we think about products and services, this reminds me of another point, which is that another strategy that people use that you can really stub your toe on if you're not careful is trying to understand what your customers might be willing to pay. So in the startup space, we do this a lot when we're talking about launching new products and services. And we go out and we do pricing interviews to try to understand what is the willingness of the market to pay for something. But man, there's just a lot of challenges with that.
1: Yeah, it can be huge because are they telling you what you want to hear or are they telling you
2: what they think they might buy or or perceive to be value? Yeah, you really hit it on the head. And people are really not great at telling you about what they're going to do in the future. You know, they can tell you what they've done and they can walk you through that. So, you know, when you're talking with customers, it's much more effective to try to get an understanding of what they actually do now and the kinds of things they pay for now and how much they've paid for similar things. But, you know, the real problem, too, is thinking about how can you expect your customer to determine the product's value? And that value is going to be different from their perception for every person. So we look at so many things, especially in the service business. If you're selling a service, it's based on people's time and effort, sometimes your own for consulting. If you ask them what they might pay, you'll end up pricing far lower than what you might be really worth. It's interesting
1: in this pricing scenario, we have to look at the products and the services, and we have to look at the market. In the products and services side, is it a new product or service in a new market space that there is no previous data or previous examples? When it's a new product or a new service, it's really fun to figure out how much value are we providing and how do we get that established in the minds and hearts of the
2: potential buyers. Yeah, that's really true. You know, and you know, trap that you can get yourself into is if you're just looking at other companies and how they price something and essentially letting the competition determine your pricing, that can be a huge mistake, especially if you don't understand your costs. <laughs> but I also love this point about understanding where you're positioned. Is this a brand new product or service? And what are the customer's alternatives? If their alternatives are limited or you have some kind of significant advantage, there's going to be both an opportunity and a challenge around how you price.
1: Yeah, I think of things like when the television first came in, brand new product, brand new service, actually, in disguise. And when they first came out, of course, you had early adopters and so forth. But how are you going to price that? What's the price going to be? And what's the price going to be in the future? And today, of course, televisions are a commodity. The price is what the competition dictates it to be. If you're not in the pricing of your competition, you're just not a player unless you can differentiate and educate the consumer to want the additional
2: features and benefits of your
1: particular product or
2: service. Sure. I mean, imagine if Starbucks came to the market or before they came to the market, they went around and surveyed consumers and said, hey, um, how much would you pay for a cup of coffee? How much would you pay for a latte? How many of them would have said $4 or $6? Absolutely. Absolutely. You
1: know, establishing at the high end a new product or service to differentiate a brand. So many times in so many books, they'll tell you, well, if you're first to a market space, take the high end pricing first. Grab the high end and never let it go. And if you look at some of the products and services out there, the evolving of you know Starbucks as an example, you know even on the car market, the Mercedes, BMWs, and high end products and high end services, and even Apple, looking at taking the high end and establishing yourself and differentiating yourself to, for that value to grab that high end pricing and hold it there. Of course, the margins and profits are to potentially sometimes insane. Uh, but the, the returns are amazing, but it has to do with the why for the audience. Why do I perceive this to be superior or better for me or better return on my investment to be able to justify the additional cost?
2: No doubt. You know, that really brings us to what are the most successful ways to price. When we think about the elements of a successful pricing strategy, there's really three dimensions that we like to talk about is value-based pricing, proactive pricing, and profit-based pricing. And starting with value-based pricing, you're really looking at exactly what you've been talking about, Craig. What is the value that you're bringing to the marketplace as perceived by your customer? And you only have to really change that price as your product or service matures. There's more competition, just like you talked about with something like the iPhone. As we see new models get delivered with new features, we see the older models. Then, of course, the pricing gets reduced and it becomes almost like a life cycle. And it's great when you have innovations or when you have a real clear differentiator that you can price as a premium. And again, as other people are able to catch up to you, that's the only time where you really have to change your pricing. So value based pricing to me is about staying in front of the competition, a very clear differentiator, understanding who you're selling to. And being able to get a premium price for that. So proactive pricing is really based on anticipation. So these things go a little bit hand in hand. So if you see things that are happening in the market that will be impacting prices in the future, then you'll have to develop a strategy to stay ahead of that and help you stay profitable. So for example, I know a brilliant entrepreneur that came into the marketplace in the IT space really in the very beginnings of that industry on a wholesale consumer basis. And what I mean by that is when the internet was getting started and people were just starting to build web pages. And he started a whole company that was based on the idea of designing web pages and a web presence for people. And as he started doing that work, they saw after just a few years, that was becoming commoditized very, very quickly. And we all know now, I mean, there are free sites that you can use to create a web page now. So he kind of saw where that trend was going and made a very conscious decision to pivot away from that space. You know, at the time, developing a web presence, developing websites was 80% of their business. And he made a conscious decision to say, this is not going to be the future of our business or we will be out of business. And they eventually pivoted towards custom software solutions that were business to business solutions. And they went on to become very, very profitable. And a third strategy, which is also a little bit similar to this, is profit-based pricing. And we think about profit-based pricing, you really have to understand the mix of goods and services that you're offering and who are the segments that are buying these services and understanding individually which ones are the most profitable and then making some hard choices about where you want to focus your efforts. One of the
1: many examples in profit-based pricing that occurred in the
2: past
1: is Ford. We all know that the auto industry took a big dive. They were just flush with all different models of cars and duplications of models and features and benefits and names and brands and all over the place. It wasn't clear that they had a strategy other than more. Ford took a different different tack. And when they looked at it, they had all of these different models. They had like 96 different models and so forth. And when they applied a profit-based pricing model to it, they discovered that they had tremendous overlap in models and different cars and different brands within their organization. And they decided that they really didn't need all of that, that the profit margins really should dictate their future rather than just being me too and addressing, well, this flavor of car, that color, that little extra chrome and so forth. So they brought down from 96 models down to 20 models and really focused them on an international basis to make sure that their platforms were usable on an international basis and become very efficient and align with profit being their pricing strategy. Well, we all know what happened as far as the rest of the industry didn't change a bit didn't know what their margins were really, and created a situation in which they took them all down to bankruptcy, except Ford. Ford was the only one that didn't take taxpayer debt in order to perpetuate their future. We see others that don't take this example and decide that they're going to continue on no matter what. And we find them in bankruptcy court even today.
2: Yeah. And, you know, one of the really difficult questions that you can Ask yourself, and man, what an amazing example that really is. Every business owner should be asking themselves as they look at their product mix and their service mix, right? All the different things that you offer at different prices. I'm sure everyone right now can think about what their most profitable service is or what their most profitable product is. And a way to get you to really start thinking about what could be possible, what could change, is ask yourself, what if. I was starting today and I could recreate my business to only sell and focus on this most profitable thing. What could that look like? And there's other dimensions there. You know, is it sustainable? Why am I able to get a premium for this one thing? What is it that I do so well? And this is really the next dimension of this discussion, which is, okay, where do we start? Right? So, so I just offered you a place to start, but that leads you directly to your customers do you really know how you're creating value for your customers
1: yeah it brings up that why as far as how do your customers perceive the value of your product or service if there is no perceived difference between your product and your competitors why are they paying more is there a brand allegiance is there a loyalty What is it? What's the special process that you have, the special sauce that we talk about that you have that makes it different? And how are you going to relate that to that industry? Is it going to be cost-effective to market that difference and create that difference enough to create sales for that particular product or services? To summarize what we just covered in part one of strategic pricing, ask yourself, how well do I know my costs? How well do I understand the profitability of my different lines of business? Are there things I should drop so I can focus on more profitable pursuits? In part two of strategic pricing, we'll further explore economic value and how best to position our products and services to maximize your profitability and deliver services that your customers can't live without. Until next time, we'll be taking care of business. This episode has been sponsored by Aligned for Business, provider of business consulting and executive coaching. That's Aligned, the number four, business.com.
0: Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback.